Hey, hi, hello. We're back for Hunter Hunter Episode 4, Hope and Ambition. This is Ryan, one of your local HBO boys. We are pumping these episodes out, huh? You and me, me and the collective group of you, together, putting in the collaborative effort to spew these episodes as fast as humanly possible. Again, as I mentioned last time, this is a beginner's vigor, okay? A novice's persistence, a rookie's heart. But we will see how long we keep up this, how, <laughs> I want to call it a charade. Just to, <laughs> I'm just trying to prove to you guys that I have effort, it's in my bones, it can be used, if I choose to. Getting aggressive with the audience, Ryan. Aggression doesn't solve anything. Hope and Ambition, episode four, the summary of which reads like this. The first phase of the exam is to follow the examiner, Satotes whom we've been calling Betty White Fuck Mustache. Actually, he's had like four or five names. I'm just going to call him Betty White from now on. Or Satotes. Satotes also lends itself to Totes Cool, Totes Dope. Just the abbreviation for Totally. So that's also a good name. I don't know. I'm back and forth on this one. We'll see how it develops. Follow the examiner Satotes to the second phase of the exam. A number of applicants have dropped out from the tedious trek that has no end in sight. Mr. Oreo is running with Pika Pika and starting to lose steam, but then his desire to become a hunter kicks in again. After running 50 miles, they reach a flight of stairs and Satotes picks up the pace once more. (laughs) I'm going to go 50 and then I'm going to sprint. So prepare for that, idiots. Anyway, that amount of running sounds delightfully awful, and as a person who can't run from here to the fridge without risking multiple bone breaks, that description gives me agita. True story, I fell off a curb a few days ago while walking slowly and scraped my knee. There was blood, okay? And what I'm trying to say is that I'm the epitome of physical fitness, and I will not be told otherwise. My delusion has no boundaries when I'm hot on the mic. BT Dubs, I'm on episode four, as we all are. And I already skip past the intro and beginning credits like I'm too good for them. I'm not, obviously. But the amount I value efficiency at this point is almost inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. Weave your way through that mind maze. Anywho, Satotes runs so goddamn weird. Last episode, I described it as a goose step, but it's not really. His arms are straight as boards, and his legs wiggle with the might of a thousand suns. I don't like his vibe. He scares me. So anyway, we're running. We've been running for two hours, and the adventure crew has recently grown from three to over 400 people, all of which who have run close to 20 miles at this point. Applicants are falling off to the wayside like flies. As Nicholas, the pretentious nerd, runs behind Satotes, he extrapolates out using past hunter exam data that this will be a 25-mile course, but we know he's wrong because we as a group, and definitely not just me on Google, found out that it would end up being 50 miles. And it makes me happy that this kid is wrong and is going to fail. Schadenfreude is not just a river in Egypt. Mr. Oreo is still carrying his briefcase and doubting himself, as he believes he won't be able to run that much longer and sweats his dick off. Mr. Oreo is also getting very angry at Kalua. So, this is a good time to stop and say, What have we named Kalua, everyone? Is he... And by the way, I believe his actual name is Kilua. Kilua. Ka- I can never even... You know what? I'm never going to try to say his real name again. That's it! I'm done with it. 
But we had a discussion last episode, will it be Kahlua or will it be Kilowatt? And DB Jake from the HBO Boys Patreon Discord said it should be Kilowatt. In fact, he claimed it has always been Kilowatt. So for today, it shall be that. And if no one comes to face DB Jake in the ring, okay? If no one gloves up, if no one puts on the face paint for this battle to the death over Kalua versus Kilowatt, it shall be Kilowatt forevermore. I told you the stakes would be high for this one. <laughs> because what makes podcasts fun? It's stakes. Everyone knows that. So Kilowatt is using a skateboard, which seems much easier. And he is talking to Mr. Oreo, who is very angry at him, as he is at, I believe, everyone he comes in contact with. And Kilowatt's point is, hey, you're mad, bro. Maybe just instead of getting mad, you should get good, idiot. As Mr. Oreo claims that it's just an endurance test, Gon says it's not just an endurance test, but it's a following test. And I'm not sure if Gon knows what running is or if it if it is endurance in fact or if this is just like so easy for him that he's being a naysayer either way i think it's funny to throw things in mr oreo's face who is sweating bullets while gone is dry as the desert kilowatt is like oh sick i'm also 12 to gone and he has a tight kick flip to put his board back in his hands and he decides to run with our boy gone so they're gonna be the best of friends Ahead of them, Nicholas the Nerd has exhausted himself out because he did the numbers wrong, and now he is more liquid than flesh. He drops his laptop and gets chastised by the three brothers who have tried the exam before but never passed. But in either case, Nicholas screams like Nicholas Cage when he loses a loved one at the beginning of a movie. And our old pal Tones Bones, the rookie crusher, walks out to the three brothers and gives them money for helping him demoralize Nick, a rookie, who I kind of feel bad for now. Just because I wish he was still running with the pack so he could break his laptop in half and Tones could maybe, I don't know, like stab him with the motherboard. That's harsh, but I stand by it. So yeah, Rookie Crusher doing his job that he gave to himself. Congrats, you get a promotion from you. You're your own boss. You're the only person who's trying to crush rookies for reasons unknown. Who knows? Perhaps he was crushed as a rookie by a past Rookie Crusher and he decided to take out the mantle take out his anguish on all fellow rookies. We'll have to see in the future. We fast forward a bit and we are now 38 miles into the 50 mile journey. Mr. Oreo is straight up about to fail as he falls behind the crowd. He drops his briefcase and stops running, ostensibly giving up, but Gon and Kilowatt stop and wait for him, which he does not deserve. Let's go down the list of things that Mr. Oreo has done if we have forgotten. He has attacked Pika Pika for having murdered parents and friends because he wouldn't call him Mr. Leorio, which is an incredibly measured response. He has attacked an old lady with a stick with rage in his eyes and death in his heart when he was frustrated with her. Although, to be fair, apparently, that old lady did send Matthew to his death, which, while funny, is a bit much. And then, he has also shown some racist tendencies towards minorities in Zabin City. So, do I really want him to succeed? Ah, uh, nope. Nope, I don't. Which makes it weird for me when Gon and Kilowatt stop and wait for him. Kilowatt, to be fair, is like, let him die. Let's go. But Gon doesn't move, so they chill and wait for him to figure his double-stuffed shit out. And I actually really liked this part, against all odds. Because Gon didn't say anything to Mr. Oreo of encouragement. He just stood there and waited. Not budging. He wasn't going to be the reason Mr. Oreo succeeded, but he sure as heck wasn't going to be the reason he would let himself fail. So whatever amount gone has to grow, having a moral compass that is up to snuff doesn't seem like one of those lacking areas. 
Mr. Oreo then decides he's for sure going to be a hunter and starts running once more at full speed. He could really use a Gatorade or some of the white pony at this moment, but all he has is his dreams of money, so he kicks it into high gear and cuts the shit. Gaunt even goes so far as to fish up Mr. Oreo's briefcase for him and brings it along, which is some next-level shit. If Mr. Oreo doesn't thank him profusely, I'm going to jump through the monitor and donkey punch that fool. As the adventure group reaches 50 miles, they now are met with a set of stairs, where the run leader, Wiggly Appendage's Bieber hair, unceremoniously picks up the pace. The hunter hopefuls up front, one of which is our ninja boy, Hanzo, is like, for fuck's sake, this sucks, he keeps going faster, and he's not even sweating, this dude is a goddamn Cylon. Okay, he doesn't say that, but, like, he could have said that. Crossover episode! Gon and Kilowatt aren't being challenged nearly enough, so they decide to make a wager with each other that the loser of the race buys the other one dinner, and they start running faster to try to get to the finish line first, which I believe is called a race. (laughs) But at this point, they don't know how long the race is even going to be. They don't care. At this point, we get a conversation between Pika and Mr. Oreo again about the reasons Mr. Oreo wants to become a hunter. But as usual, Mr. Oreo, Mr. Fudge-Dipped Oreo Thin Bites, claims it's just for the money. Pika says he hasn't known Oreo for very long, but that's not like him. Um, what? Yes, it is. Does every character in the show have mush for frontal lobes? They're pretending like White Fudge Dipped Oreo Thin Bites has already redeemed himself to the audience, and he certainly has not. Either way, Birthday Suitcase Oreo doesn't give up his feels, and then Pika inexplicably starts in on why the genocide of his people happened. Which, by the way, if you've forgotten... It is because their scarlet eyes can do magic and are worth a whole bunch on the black market. So the phantom troop came and ripped said eyes out of Pika's people's heads. I don't get why this conversation is happening, but it's obviously meant to, plot-wise. I just It feels like certified cringe lord shit, but okay. Pika Pika reaffirms his need and want to murder the phantom troop for revenge. Something he finds repulsive, actually, within itself, but says it must happen for his sense of retribution to be satisfied nonetheless. This story still doesn't break Mr. Oreo, and he claims that money can buy and do anything, which now, as Pika Pika fights him on this, makes a lot more sense to me, actually. Oreo is basically saying, effectively, that the Phantom Troop genocide was justified, because if the money justified the act, it's all that matters. They sold their eyes for a bunch of money on the black market. They got money for said transaction. So Oreo's argument is the genocide was justified. Try to say that fucking five times fast. Shit. Pika's like, take it back, you dickbag. I'm not only trying to get you to admit to a greater goal, I'm also trying to get you to stop offending me to my very core, you twat. Finally, Mr. Oreo yells that if he has money, his friend would still be alive today, which came out of nowhere, but okay. And we found it, finally. The reason Oreo is a dick. But I'm guessing I'm not about to forgive him while the world does, which will be further frustrating. And I feel great about it. Cool, moving on. So now we get a chocolate peanut butter pie Oreo flashback to him and his friend as kids. His friend has a curable disease that couldn't be helped due to him being poor as fuck. Just get health insurance, idiot. <laughs> uh, it's, getting health insurance is so easy in the world that you live in that's fictional, I'm sure. So Mr. Oreo is about to become a doctor with the money he makes from being a hunter so he can help cure the disease that killed his friend and fix an imaginary version of his friend for free in the future, ostensibly providing free healthcare to the world that doesn't currently have it, a tale as old as time. I might start calling Mr. Oreo Canada Oreo, because of, you know, the healthcare thing. Which is like Canada Dry, it's almost too close to Canada Dry, but worse because Canada Dry is the best, and everyone knows that. I need to convince James, actually, to open up a P.O. box 
for the HBO Boys podcast so that people can send us only Canada Dry through the mail. That is a foolproof plan. <laughs> we will have all the Canada Dry in the world! Oh, man, I forgot to mention Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash HBO Boys. Boys with the Z, give $1 a month, and you get a bunch of more content, including this podcast early, an amount of time. I can't exactly know at this point. A week or a day, somewhere around there. It depends on the speed at which I pop these bad boys out, which, as I've explained previously, is subject to change. <laughs> Patreon, shout out, three-fourths into the podcast. Nailed it. Anyway, this satisfies Pika Pika as gone and Kilowatt past them with smiles on their faces, <laughs> actually ruining the heavy mood that death and genocide conversations had recently built. It is also revealed that Mr. Oreo is a teenager, which is mind-boggling because he looks so goddamn old. And I will now regale you with some so-old jokes in honor of Mr. Oreo looking old as fuck. <clears throat> Mr. Oreo so old, I told him to act his own age and he died. Mr. Oreo so old, he babysat for Jesus. Mr. Oreo so old, Jurassic Park brought back memories. <laughs> Mr. Oreo so old, the candles on his birthday cake raised Earth's temperature by three degrees. Anyway, you get the point. He's old. Or he looks old. I guess he's not old. He's like 19. Doesn't make sense. Back to the excessive running. More and more people are falling to the wayside. Gon and Kilowatt are still running like it's nothing. Gon asks Kilowatt why he wants to be a hunter, which is a common question asked. And he says he never claimed to actually want to do this. He just heard it would be difficult and it sounded like fun. But this running part is the pits and Kilowatt's not so sure it's actually going to be fun anymore. Gon says he wants to be like his dad, at which point Kilowatt asks what kind of hunter Ging is. And Gon is like, fuck, I don't know. Apparently there are kinds of hunters. They look ahead and the literal light at the end of the tunnel is in front of them, which causes Gon and Kilowatt to sprint and cross the finish line at the same time Satotes did and simultaneously to each other, which is pointed out by said Betty White Mustachio Man as they are deciding who owes who dinner. Satotes also lets the crew know that 50 miles into the run, phase one of the exam is not over yet. They are now in a creepy fog infested area and it looks like they might have shaved off three fourths of the group. Drawing-wise, like in the drawing, it looks like three-fourths of them are gone. We will later learn that that's not the case, but I'm just telling you what the drawing looks like, okay? This is not my fault. It is, sort of. I should have looked closer. I'm losing confidence and the ability to talk. What should you do, Ryan, in this hour of distress? Yell more? <laughs> you always have the right answers. Swig of coffee, keep going! As the fog lifts and Pika plus Oreo cross the finish line, we are now introduced to Swindler's Swamp, which comes into view. An aerial picture of the swamp lets us know that it's fucking gigantic. It's honestly tiring just to look at how big the swamp is, and I'm not even on the hike. I hate hikes. Hikes suck. We know people on the internet, like your friends from high school. I'm just talking to, I guess, 25 to 35-year-olds. Which, to be fair, the statistics say a large percentage of our listeners are that. So, I'm not saying the other age groups don't matter. I'm just saying what is statistically accurate. Again, very aggressive, Ryan. Pull it back. Hikes are the worst. The people on Facebook that you see, or other social medias, where people are like, I love hikes? How? <laughs> fitness. Gross. Anyway, at this point, Satotes points out to the adventure crew that the swamp is about to be dangerous and full of crafty beasts who will actively try and deceive people 
So now I'm just, you know, waiting for Mr. Oreo to scream at the top of his lungs the whole way, attracting every murderous creature to the adventure group, and hopefully one of them will end up violently ripping out the Rookie Crusher's entrails if all goes well. It is at this moment that a dude pops out from behind the tunnel wall, looking like he has recently gotten the shit kicked out of him. And he claims that Satote is lying to all of them and is an imposter, and that he himself, the stranger that is, is the examiner. This so-called examiner pulls out a man-faced ape who comes from the Swamplands. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a monkey body, but it has a man's face. And the man's face looks exactly like Satote's. This is super weird. Definitely the weirdest thing that's happened in the show so far. This bro claims that Satote is trying to lure the group to all of his man-faced ape friends so that they can have the hunter's applicants for dinner. Just as the Avenger group is about to turn on Satote's, some playing cards are thrown at both the newcomer and Satote's. The newcomer are getting stabbed by the cards, while Totesies, Totes with goats over here, caught them all. As it turns out, and we can recall from last episode, we met Hisaka Maro, the psychopathic magician. Looks like a court jester. If the court jester was stuck in Arkham Asylum, like the Joker. He's a little like the Joker, mixed with clown evil. A clown evil Joker is kind of exactly what he is. Anyway, he threw the cards at both parties. And when Totsi Magotsis caught them, Hisaka's like, well, you must be the actual examiner. Because I killed the other one with playing cards that stabbed him through his torso. And you caught them, so you're better at this. So I believe you. And Totsi Magoats is like, that's true. Also, do not try to kill me again, please. You killed someone, you're one of your examiners last year. Remember when that happened and you got disqualified? Have you learned nothing? It seems like you've learned nothing, which is a trait of the evil people I am aware of in this world. Don't try to kill me again or you're disqualified. I can't believe I let it happen the first time. Then vultures descend on the imposter, which it reaffirms to the adventure crew that nature is scary as fuck. And if you die out here, you're going to get eaten almost immediately if you don't die from being eaten initially. Totes then begins to jog again into the wetlands, but not before saying don't lose sight of him or you're going to die. Okay, cool. Let's go. And then a wild narrator appears. The applicants have finally left the dark tunnel and stepped into the light. Which is an actual sentence that the narrator said. It's just pretentious a little bit. That's fine. Actually, it's pretty good. Hmm. A change of heart. It's off-brand for you, Ryan. Said narrator also points out that 36 candidates have withdrawn and 368 of them remain. So, wow. I was fucking wrong on my three-fourths estimate. Holy shit. Is it my fault or the artist's? You know, while we're a bit off-brand and less delusional than usual... Perhaps, Ryan, you just didn't look hard enough. <laughs> no. No, the artist was definitely wrong. <laughs> Let me shake this off. I gotta get on brand again. Ugh, being off-brand is gross. Anyway, with that grave numerical error ringing in all of our ears, episode four is complete! Episode five's name is Hasaka is So Sneaky, which is the most subtle name of an episode of any show I've ever seen. If I had, like, an award... Some sort of large three to five foot trophy that says very subtle award. I would hand it to the writers. They deserve it. As a side note, we haven't seen the Rookie Crusher once he paid off the three brothers, but we assume that he's still there. Uh, I sincerely hope that in the future, that guy has a brutal death. Like one that scars children. That would be sweet. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me once more on this wild ride that episode four was. Please come back for episode five. Again, go to the patreon.com slash HBO boys 
only one dollar and you get this podcast specifically this solo one not the five other shows we're doing right now on raised by wolves and lovecraft country by the way to give you a sense of time i'm recording this on the 16th and we're recording lovecraft country episode five tonight this is like behind the music i'm vh1 basically so yeah go listen to those two shows as well plus other bonus content we have on the patreon those two shows i just mentioned not on the patreon on the main feed we give those away for free so (laughs) you're welcome okay anyway um (laughs) it's like i shed a character at the end and (laughs) i feel like immediately like i just gotta tell you guys that i that i deeply love you and i really thank you for listening okay bye credit card bill.